Alright, alright. Not gonna say another one because, uh, you know, don't want to get banned. Oh, copyright <laughs> infringement. That's only yes. if you played the sound file, not necessarily if you're oh. not necessarily saying it. If I say it with the accent, would I would we get banned? Yeah, well, I mean, might one might one possibly can argue it. I mean, all right, all it, right. Okay, I didn't do the third one. We're safe, people. We're safe. Although I'm I'm I'm, I'm sure I'm I'm sure it's like if the if the algorithm will pick up uh, um, an impression, then I think we're all in for a world of hurt. Yeah, we're in trouble. Or not. We'll see. Yep, yep. Good evening, everybody. Evening. Here we are. Friendly souls. Scuba and the Rye, episode 126. That's what it says on my sheet. Alrighty, here's our weekly dose of chit-chat, conversation, movies, entertainment, whatever else going on in life. Your life, liberty, and the pursuit of randomness. Random is definitely good. Freeform, chat-chat. Yep, and we got, got music um, going. So, got a shout out and a thank you to Sirenscape. Shout out. Check out sirenscape.com for all your tabletop music and sound effect needs. Go to sirenscape.com. They they've been doing some work on their web player and yep. their on their online player. So, we got a sound set we've been using for the podcast. So, you hear that in the background as we go on. Hey, chilling in the tavern. Go check them out, sirenscape.com, for more information. Check it out. So, also, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we'll just go ahead and get that out of the way. It's like, you want to make sure to do the thing if you're enjoying what you're hearing. Yes, sir. Maybe seeing. I don't... Where else can we hear? Well, that? we can hear on just about every other podcast place. Oh, really? Podcast. Yeah, I'm subscribed to Spotify. Where are you subscribed at, people? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you're listening to us on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Yeah, that I mean, one. All those places. That one is a good one because there's a lot of people that uh, got iHeart. Give us a like, give us a review. Like, subscribe somewhere around me. Yeah. It's up there, people. Yeah, Click yeah. the button, please. So, Help us out. Check us out. Go to the website. Check all that fun stuff out. Over on uh, scubastudio.com, we have all of our episode links and fun, and fun stuff there. So feel free to check it out. Check us out on social media. You got the little yep. Rolodeck thing over there. Yeah, somewhere there, there right there. That's uh, showing yeah. all the different places. Oh, yeah, we hit the 100 subscribers on YouTube. So Woo! now we have that custom URL. We have our own, people, our I, own. I will take my milestones when I can get them. I know you're out there sitting there going, ooh, 100 subscribers, big deal. Hey, that's a big, a deal. big deal for us. Yes. You know, we're part-timers. We're doing this for fun. Yeah. You know. Enjoying our fun. for subscribing. Appreciate it. Make sure to hit the Namaste. like, leave a comment, share it with your friends. Check All us out. Fun. Yeah. Alrighty. So enough trying to, you know, you know, do the sales pitch, elevator pitch. Let's get into it. Let's do some other pitches. <laughs> pitches. Of, yeah, we got some, we got some stuff we're chatting about today. Yeah. A lot a of few reviews. Yeah. A few reviews, a, a few of uh scuba and Rye presents stuff. We'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah, let's talk about... Uh, you know what? I think we're going to change it up. Let's All talk right. about Spider-Man. 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 So let's talk about our news and stuff. You All got right. three different articles here in the show notes. Yep. We'll be up there. Yep. About celebrating 60 years of the webhead. Yep. It, uh, we are celebrating 60 years. He got 60 years this month. I forget the exact date. It's in one of the articles. But there are a lot of different products and stuff being released out there to represent Spider-Man. You know, it, they talk about the evolution of Spider-Man with Legos 
and whatnot, but Marvel is celebrating by releasing certain figurines and whatnot. But um, more than that, just the idea of 60 years of Spider-Man. 60 years of of a character that Stanley suggested and was initially initially rejected by his publisher. And so he snuck a Spider-Man story in an in a different uh cuz if I remember the remember the lore right, he pitched this as a character for his own book. Okay. The publisher said it's a stupid idea. So then they came around the amazing stories and Stanley threw they were short they were short on stories for that so Stanley threw Spider-Man in there and lo and behold it was a hit. Oh yeah. And people loved it. So he likes he in, in, you can find videos of him telling the story but the moral of that one is is if you're passionate about something do it and if someone tells you it's stupid don't listen to him because you know because next thing you never would we never would have had spider-man oh yeah so um because of that marvel is releasing some interesting stuff you can purchase out in the pop uh culture sphere there's going to be a, a 60th anniversary collection marvel keith um some stuff with uh, book covers a game um a figurine and whatnot so if you go out there and looking at for a 60th anniversary you can just do a google search you'll find something but the one thing i like is the statue that they're releasing yeah they're, they're, i mean there's a lot of spider-man statues i've seen this one is looks like it's the older comic style of the red and blue suit yep off a of gargoyle that just is awesome and so i mean it, it looks really cool and it looks like it was august 10th yep so 60 Ar years of spider-man it's just it just just that's a milestone it I know. is yeah. i mean and and such a i mean the character who is like the epitome of of that line that we all know that we're not going to say here <laughs> um but it is great to to see this and this year's been a lot of that like we had the 85th year of batman yeah this we had uh we got the turtles cowabunga collection which is celebrating turtles hitting a hitting a milestone i mean it's yeah. phenomenal a lot of big uh, representation of uh old stuff and also nostalgia makes me feel really damn old yeah it is like when you think about it you know some things can you can you imagine that the lord of rings trilogy is about to be 20 years old yeah yeah so just to just to add more credence to that we are old people we we're are getting there yeah we're getting, we're getting there, there. But uh, it's curious because we got a D23 coming up, which is Disney's uh, celebra another celebration event. And yep. I'm sure they're going to have some great news there. Yep. I think, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. They're re-releasing Spider-Man No Way Home in theaters for a limited time. Yep, with an extra 15 minutes, I believe. Extra 15 minutes. Yep. And, and the, new, the new movie poster has everybody in it. Yep. So if you haven't seen it and you think that's spoiler, then what can you do? I'd say go check it out. Yeah, you know it's 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 great. We it's have fun. Three great actors who've taken the role, taken on the role of Spider-Man. Yeah, plenty of voice actors who've done it. Plenty of video games. Some of the, what like what's your what's one of your favorite Spider-Man stories, regardless of media? Could be um, comics could be film could be video game i'm uh, could be references my favorite spider-man like story um is actually it's not even um it's a it's a mile the miles morales story from the video game because of 
it being such a personal story and then seeing the twists on who and what Miles Morales has to confront, it kind of gets near and dear to your heart. So, yep. That one right there. The the Miles Morales game. That story is very entrenched. So. I'd say one of my favorites was the Maximum Carnage story. <laughs> yes. Because that was, that was actually one of the first comic book sets that I collected. So, it's got some sentimental value in that respect. Yeah. Um... And then I've got a few of the novels of Spider-Man stories, which I think are really great. That's good. And then as far, and then as, far as video games, you, Sony's uh, Spider-Man uh, that came out a couple years ago that, that they remastered. That, that one is a great, unique story. Yes, it is. But one of my earlier favorites is Shattered Dimension. Oh, yeah. That oh. one is very... The story surrounding that is very cool, in my opinion, when you're playing the four different Spider-Men across different times and universes. Yeah, I heard that was a very fun game. Was that the cel-shaded one? Um, maybe it was. It was one of the one of the first time I saw Spider-Man Noir. Okay. We had Spider-Man 2099. Yeah. We had OG Spider-Man, and then we had another. Another one. I couldn't. I can't remember which one yeah. that one was. But the idea was Mysterio is Madam Web had, was uh, talking to Spider-Man about something, and Mysterio steals some magic tablet and shatters it. Ah. And Madam Web sends Spider-Man on a, you know, this journey in in different iterations to find these pieces that have been scattered across the multiverse okay so it's, it's a very interesting story when you put it all together it does um, sound like fun it yeah, sounds like a traveling quest game, uh like uh three six xbox 360 era days yeah but you know i think uh, the spider-man comics have been great in and there's a, so much like he's got quite a robust rogues gallery to yep. pick from yeah and it's like one of the like when you take think about rogues galleries it's one of the ones that can rival like batman's rogues galleries if pretty, not pretty bloody close yeah and not some people think it is the best rogues gallery so you know it's good competition there yeah because um, so many because some of them are heroes anti-heroes uh yeah. villains majority are villains but yeah. a few of them are like anti-heroes who's your favorite spider-man villain I'd have to say it's Venom and Carnage. Venom and Carnage. The, the symbiote, the OG, early iterations. Early iterations. Um, some of the newer stories are cool, but I'm more like the old school. From the 80s? Late, 90s. 90s, early 90s? Yeah, early okay. 90s. You know, you know some, of the, some of the artwork done by Todd McFarlane before he left uh, Marvel and okay. started Image and Spawn. Um the, the, that I'll work for some of that, some of the initial things for Ven for Venom. Okay. Um, one of the other stories was like the Clone Saga, where it was like, really, it was really convoluted mid mid nineties story <laughs> of like different Peter Parker clones, and with that's where it gave us the Scarlet Spider and all but and and Ben Riley and stuff. It's like yeah, things got a little goofy. Yeah. But, some of the creativity around it was really good. Like one of my favorite iterations is Spider Carnage mm. in the comics because it was Ben Riley was it was has taken the mantle of Spider Man and at some point he bonded with the Carnage symbiote because 
the Cardinal symbiote had left Cassidy and Cassidy was dying because of it. Mm. And so it was just the symbiote wanted out and, and, and Ben felt that he could handle the symbiote, you know, and again, that mythos of Spider-Man. So he was he, he bonded with it and had to fight with that urge that the symbiote had because, you know, it bonded with Cassidy as his first host and Cassidy was definitely not right in the head. Yeah, it, it yeah we yeah Cassidy is a pretty much of a psychopath. So, <laughs> but it, it is I have the I still have the book. It's it's definitely uh, one of my one of one of my one of my one of the more unique stories that I've read. I know, and of course we're talking sixty years of stories. So yeah, there's a lot there's of stories. A lot going on, and you know we'll see what we'll we'll see what the future brings. We'll see, but I see more stories com- coming, especially with new mediums, new ways to tell them. Oh yeah, I mean we're. I mean we already know the next Spider-Man game is on its way. We're yep. just waiting in anticipation because I'm just curious to see how they'll do Venom, and it looks like they've got Craven the Hunter and couple, some other people expanding the gallery. Oh yeah. So actually, I think that's one of the things I like most about the Amazing Spider-Man game is the fact that we got more characters to work with. And yeah. Different backstories on some of those characters oh yeah and uh, yeah i really enjoyed the the combat in the spider-man games are good and we'll see how it works because this time it's going to be comboed with miles morales maybe there'll be a co-op mode i mean the com the 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 combat was probably one of the most solid things and you know what it there's there's a reason why it mimics the arkham games oh yeah because you know that that was the first like we are nailing how Batman should interact with criminals. Yeah. And I remember what the first day when I got that Spider-Man game, the one that came out on PS4, I spent 45 minutes just swinging around the city <laughs> in that game. Yeah, that's easy to do. Yep. Especially when you go to the different locales and get them to pop off as different quips about the locations. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good times. Oh, All righty. Yeah. Well, hey, that was good. We talked Spider-Man, hit several articles on that oh yeah uh what's the next one we got here the wb purge yeah this is a uh, one that you know we we talk about streaming stuff off and on and a lot of stuff we talk about when it comes to streaming is netflix but uh in recent months because of the wb discovery merger there has been a uh, set of uh purges that have been happening over especially happening on uh, hbl max with some of their originals yeah, there's a lot of things they've been quietly removing, yep. and there's a byline here in this about um, it looks like they removed a number of Sesame Street classic episodes. Yeah, so um, which uh, when when you signed up with HBO Max, that was supposed to be the home of Sesame Street, so it have a catalog. So they decided to remove over 200 classic uh, episodes, not in 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 syndication, not syndication, but just random 200 episodes. So they've left mostly of the new episodes, and then also HBO Max has removed uh, like 36 titles off of their uh, platform, the HBO Max platform, uh, including 20 originals. And what they're saying is, is basically they're removing it because nobody's watching them and they have to pay out the residuals. So it's a cost-cutting measure. But it it's more so, um, yes, with the merger, there's going to be a lot of like overhead that needs to be pulled out. But at the same time, Within the streaming world, this also brings up a big eye with all the other platforms out there. Yeah. And th- what one of the taglines I pulled from these is uh, saving money 
because of business, we know how business works, or preservation, because you are billing yourself, let's say Disney Plus, it's billing yourself as a as an end-all be-all for certain catalogs of stuff. And you go there, and then they go and decide to pull that catalog. So say like Pixar, and then all of a sudden they decide to pull off Pixar off of it yeah, because Disney's of money. Yeah, but Disney's been doing that for years with the vault. Yeah, but streaming. I mean, we still don't have the full vault yeah. on Disney. So yeah, it's, it's not, not the like full they... vault, but when you're promising certain things, like they said on HBO Max, and then you're pulling it off, it's kind of a cross twenty-two um, of things. But there is a plus to it because it's a cost-cutting measure. And what it is is that a lot of people have been complaining is like you've been just what they call the axe of Zaslav. That's what's the term you've been hearing out out there because you've been just cutting, cutting, cutting. Now you're starting to see the reason why he's cutting certain things. Because I mean that's fair if you're if you because if you have to pay royalties yep. and residuals to have a particular piece of content up, and if nobody's watching it, yeah. I mean, especially I mean. To boil this over, let's take a look at what's going on with Sandman. Like we Sandman. We Sandman on Netflix, which great series. They dropped yep. their their bonus episode, so I was right. It was eleven episodes, not yes. ten. Yeah, you got me. You got me right here. Uh -huh. But even though the show is good. It's doing good. It's been the number one show on Netflix it, across the world for weeks now. But it looks like it's not quite enough, and yep. Netflix may not. Yep pick up for a season two because of the production yeah which uh neil uh, gorm correct neil me neil gaiman came out and you know he said that on his uh, twitter feed where he said yeah it might not be picked up because it's an expensive show to do and if you watch the show you can tell it's an expensive looking show to do so yeah, but, i mean and, but as we look at that we look at inflation we look at costs and everything else you know what that's sometimes what it is yeah it upsets people yeah Yes, because, hey, they love the show, but, you know, obviously, and we know right now Netflix is hemorrhaging money like yep. it's cool. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm fingers crossed Sandman gets picked up for a season two. Yep. But this kind of ties in with what we were saying, like with what yep. WB cutting this stuff. It's like no one's watching it. Yeah. They have to pay these royalties. And some of this stuff is old stuff. Like it was it had a it had a, a blip of of interest. That lasted a few weeks and then kind of got lost in the noise. Yeah. But so. yeah, a lot of these titles, like the ones they removed, I've never heard of. So I, that could just be me. But at the same time, it's it's also leads into the other bullet where this is the new norm of guiding content. Because since everything's been shifting to streaming, each uh, uh, each company has have to, been trying to figure out their footing in it and how to balance between content keeping people and cost-cutting measures yeah but here's the nice thing about this too yeah we take a bunch of content off the streaming server yeah we wait a, six months to a year we put it back up all of a sudden we can generate buzz yeah. to check it out and then when it drops off in popularity you pull it back it's, it, i mean it's it's essentially the same thing that disney has done with their vault for years decades yeah. They have all the, they have, I mean, we're up to what, 90 different animated films Disney has done, yeah. yet they only have a few that are available to purchase every few years. Yeah. They'll re-release from the vault and then it's out for a little bit and then it goes back. Yeah. So, so to, we have, we have, year, I mean, you can go on to Paramount and uh, 
Peacock and HBO Max, and you take a look, you get black and white films you can watch. Yeah. The so like uh, the cla- like the movies that inspired Star Wars, you can find <laughs> right now on streaming. Yeah. All the way through to hey, Maverick just released on digital yesterday. Yeah. As of we're as of the time we're recording this video. And you can sit there and watch that. So I mean, huge library of stuff. Not everything's available. A majority of it is. Yeah. But now it's like, you know, rotating the stock. I don't see if that's what they yeah. do. That's great. Like, yeah, um, but this past weekend, yeah. I watched Hunt for Red October. One of my all time favorite films. That is a very good movie. Was recently released on Netflix. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, you know, like I said, there's pros and cons to it. But um, with with what uh, they're doing over at uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, a lot of stuff they're cutting and just cutting and not allowing it to be seen at all. So with that rotation with Disney, there is a plus with that, no pun intended. But yeah, but it's the it's it's what they're doing with the material. They're not allowing anybody to get access to it e- even through other means. So yeah, um, so. that's what people are upset about. Uh, not about the rotation because that's what is part of the streaming world, but like I said, when you're merging the two co- two companies, uh, Disney and Fox went through the same thing, and a lot of people have short-term memory and forgot they did the same thing, and mm-hmm. now everything is good and gravy. Uh, so now that this is happening, people are just scared that their favorite thing is going to get cut. Who knows? But now you're starting to see the other side of why they're cutting certain content and what they're going to be focusing on. Like, did you see the article where um, Warner Brothers signed that major a deal with Matt Reeves for uh, first rights and content writing? And they're working on the Batman, too. Oh, wow. yeah. So in that article, it shows a little bit of light of what they're planning. So they're focused on people and creatives that are actually doing good things that could bring in the money and bring in that content to make it first class. Cool. So. Speaking of things that are uh, on the way out the door, you got a bot. <laughs> you got a little link here. Love like, the lead-in. Love the lead-in. I mean, so this was a late I, addition, but I think it's a big thing to talk about since we do talk about movies a lot. Regal was that? Uh, what's the company name? It's like Cineworld. Cineworld Regal Cinemas filed yeah. bankruptcy. Yes, yeah, Cineworld is the international, and they Regal Cinemas is one of their subseries. They have a lot of other ones around the world, but they, which is the, which is big because this is the second largest theater chain in the world. Yeah, filed for bankruptcy. Now, so. I mean, what else we know about? What else do we know about this? Yeah, is this so. like. They were going to shut down, close up no, shop. and No, why they're filing is because everybody knows theaters got hit hard uh, because of the pandemic. So, you know, you can't if you're not bringing in people, you're not making money because that's the whole point of going to the theater. Yeah. But even with all the big blockbusters and all the big money that the theaters have been making this year, like Top Gun and Doctor Strange and Thor and a lot of the indie titles that have been bringing in money for them. They still haven't been able to catch up with their debt. So they're filing for bankruptcy so they can reorganize the debt, which amassed uh, at $4.8 billion across both uh, uh, the UK and the US and other little outlets in Europe. $4.8 billion yeah. in debt? So, so they, yeah, they probably filed for bankruptcy yeah. to see if I can restructure yeah. that too. 
Yeah, so they, uh, just to give a little back backstory on the company, they uh, operate, quote, this is from IGN, 9,000 screens in 751 locations around the world, including Picture House, Cineworld Cinemas in the UK and Ireland, Cinema City in Europe, Yes Planet in Israel, and then what we know as Regal Cinemas in the US. So. Well, probably, I wouldn't be surprised if they shut down some of their low-performing theaters and start pulling back their chain. Yeah, yeah. so my guess is is that they're, they'll probably do that cost-cutting measures on certain theaters. Um, but, you know, bankruptcy doesn't mean... When people hear bankruptcy, it doesn't always mean that they're gone forever. It just means a reorganization of the funds and figuring out how you're going to take care of that huge debt. I'm going to say huge. And... Yeah. AMC, and you're thinking about, what about AMC, the largest theater chain? Why aren't they? Well, if y'all don't remember or forgot, there was that meme stock that drove their stock up, which saved AMC's butt. So that's yeah, why... They were, um, they were looking to be bought out by um, Amazon. Yes. And then in early 2021, the meme stock happened. And they... GameStop was first, and yeah. then it was... Uh... AMC. AMC. Yeah, so it saved AMC. That's why you don't hear anything about AMC in the news over the last two years. No, I think they learned their lesson. Yeah. But yeah, it's just something just worth noting. So if your local Regal might be closing, you'll this is why. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. Yeah, yeah, there's quite a few Regals around here, so we'll see which one closes. Funny, I got a gift card over there for going to Regals, and I haven't been to a Regal cinema in years. I just found out the Regal Columbus by my house actually finally started doing assigned seating. So I was just curious because they were the last theater, I think, in the area that wasn't doing assigned seating. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, might have to start going to it. It is a little bit closer. Yeah, might have to. No, or not. Who knows? But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. So, yeah. Um, yep. All right. Well, let's since we cover the cover the theater the 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 news, let's uh, go to the reviews. Yep. So we got two reviews, both in the anime world. So, well, our first one is uh, Dragon Ball Z Super Superhero. Yeah. So Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Be honest with you, Ryan, I didn't even realize this was a theater release. I thought this was like a direct streaming through like Crunchyroll, Funimation. Didn't realize it was a theatrical release. Yes. And it was number one last weekend with $20.1 million. Which is, you might not think with all the big numbers some of the other movies are doing, that for an anime film in North America, that is huge. Yeah, beat out Edris Elba's uh, Beast, which yep. was a live action live action film. Because yep. you know, typically, if an anime film is top of the box office, it belongs to the House of Mouse. Yeah, this time it b belongs to the House of Crunchyroll because Crunchyroll. Speaking of Crunchyroll, they are the one that distributed it in North America, along with Sony and some other countries. So. All right, so tell me about this. I'm I'm I'll be honest. I'm a little off the Dragon Ball uh train right now i was a big fan of dragon ball z back in the 90s like a lot of people including this guy um i know a little bit of gt and then super just seems to have been gone in all kinds of directions and yeah. i haven't really been following it too much yep. so what is up with this the animation yep. looks cool it looks like they it's it, it looks kind of like how the game the 
current crop of anime-inspired fighting games. Yep, so well, they decided to go away from the traditional 2D to do a 3D 2D on this. And I can tell you that the visuals and the 3D 2D actually works, and it's really great. Um, Story-wise, uh, when it comes to this, like you mentioned, Dragon Ball is a huge franchise. And it's been spanning generations. So this actually takes place in the latest iteration of Dragon Ball Super. And it's the second film uh, that takes place after the series. The first one was Dragon Ball Super Broly. This is the sequel to that. And this one focuses on um, Gohan and Piccolo. And it focuses on taking a, 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 taking a fight up against the Red Ribbon Army. And if you're familiar with the Red Ribbon Army, they were uh, an army that Goku fought and defeated in the first series, Dragon Ball. And yep. they came back around with the android and the Cell Saga in Dragon Ball Z. So now they've come... And com they round about again for the start of GT, yep. where they de-aged Goku from an adult to a kid. Yeah. But yeah. GT is not considered canon. Yeah, most most now fans. Multiverse. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, most people don't you know don't even think about GT, but. <laughs> I think GT had some fun elements. Yeah, it had some fun elements, but I'm, I'm gonna stand by it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it had some fun elements with Baby and yeah. and the you know the Super Saiyan Super Saiyan Four and all that. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought yeah. it. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, you named the two gr best things about that series was the Baby Saga and uh, Super Saiyan 4. But uh, back around to this movie. So basically, it focuses on Gohan and Piccolo taking on the Red Ribbon Army again because the Red Ribbon Army has tricked uh, uh, a doctor by that goes by the name of Dr. Hito to make another, um, another slew of androids and tricks him again thinking that um, Bulma and the Capsule Court are the evil enemy. So basically, it's another... Uh, another Dragon Ball style film, but what makes this one a little bit different than Broly is that instead of just going hard and heavy in the action, this one actually plays to what makes Dragon Ball great, which is the comedic relief, the rehashing of the material, the fan service, the nostalgia, and the slice of life stuff that happens in Dragon Ball. If you're familiar with any of the uh, uh, comedy from uh, Toriyama, that he does a lot of like cheesy and winks and nods to things that is very uh, conducive to a slice of life. And what makes this one fun is the fact that it focuses on the Go Gohan Piccolo relationship as he has a daughter now, if you're familiar with his daughter, who is Pan. And there's this triangle effect where it, it with all the nostalgic fight scenes and all the stuff that is balanced in there, um, the strong theme of what is the purpose of power, especially in Gohan's uh, in Gohan's perspective, because if you know Gohan's story, he's known as like the prodigy, the one that can be the strongest if he actually trains. But he, you know, he's into his studies, into his books, and this kind of puts into the limelight that when Goku and Vegeta's not there, who's next up online to actually defend the world? And it's Where, Gohan. Okay, so where's Goku and Vegeta? In They're training somewhere. They're There's off training when when when, when, this, when this goes down. Yeah, they're training somewhere on Beerus's planet. If you're familiar with that, it's familiar there. And uh, there's a little, like a little, um, a little thing that they do to keep them away, which is good because a lot of people always voice that it, you know Dragon Ball is known as the Goku and Vegeta show, and finally other characters are getting the limelight in here, and it's great to see a Gohan and Piccolo get both uh, stronger moves and stronger stuff, but they highlights them in this film okay cool. so so overall it's a fun film it does uh, uh does play to a lot of anime cliches they do have a lot of uh like uh, um just a uh, plot device 
um, pulls that they, you know, finish it up. But there's fun to be here. And this was a hard one to rate because I'm a diehard fan. So I have to push that aside when I'm rating this. And I have to rate it for the general audience. Because can the general audience enjoy this? And I say yes at a matinee price. So 3.5 out of 5. But if you're a fan of Dragon Ball Super or Dragon Ball anime or anything, you'll definitely enjoy this. You know, I've, I think the fact that it's, this doesn't have Goku and Vegeta and all the drama that the two of them bring. Yeah. Because, I mean got a lot of that right now because yeah. i mean if you like I, I sit on social media from time to time i sit on uh, instagram and a couple other things but i gotta tell you every time i come across an instagram uh video about dragon ball it's always goku and vegeta yeah but they're the strongest characters so it makes they sense they are but it's 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 either goku and it's goku talking to somebody or it's vegeta talking to somebody or it's some of the stuff from super with black and 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 some of these other things that are going on but it's always those two yeah. very rarely do you see anything really dealing with the huge supporting cast yeah. of that franchise every i mean there are so many characters you kind of lose sight of a few of them yeah over the years but yeah it does a great job and i think because of that slice of life and it ingrains you with the with the world and the story and the and the fatherly son and relationship dynamics between the three you'll definitely have a good time awesome cool speaking right. about a good time we're going ahead into scuba narai do movies and presents yeah. another animated tale um, one that actually it came out earlier in this year, uh, January, and I really wanted to see it and time constraints. It didn't happen, but it dropped on HBO Max. So once it dropped, guess who watched it? This guy and that guy. Yeah, I this one was kind of fun. Yeah, um, it's all computer animated. Yep. It's got a very interesting stylized um, element to it. But I think what I like the most is the fact it takes a very classic story and mixes it with modern culture, specifically the gamer and metaverse and all of this. Like, because to set this up, we're we're talking this is some 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 point in our future. Not sure when. Not sure where. But. But it has to deal with, you know, people who get into a, a, a massive multiplayer online game. Known as, uh, they call it you. They call it you. Where, and it, I get a very strong vibe of Second Life looking at this when Second Life was really big. Yep. Um, and then Ready Player One influence as well, where it's like you have all of these people just living their normal life in a digital space yeah as opposed to the real space so we have our, our our main character whose online persona is bell yep and she has come up to be this the top singer and performer in you yep and she's there's some there's some tragedy in her life where this is a way for her to start rebuilding uh, her own her own psyche which is a great element by itself I don't want to spoil that but yeah. I, I, the, the tragedy of her leading into this is really powerful yep and then but while we're in this and you know we're going through this we get this 
we basically get a modern, a different way of telling Beauty and the Beast. Which I appreciate because, like you said, it molds, watching this film, it molds in like three different forms. Uh, because first you have the tragedy of the of what happened to Zuzu, which is the human character who's voiced by Kaho Nakiorama. And she goes into this world to try to regain some kind of semblance of happiness. And you come to find out, like you said, she becomes a famed singer. And she finds that life again in singing. And through the, 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 uh, the fa classic fairy tale, what happens is, is that she crosses paths with another character who goes by the name of the Beast. And through their rocky relationship, you see that connection of fragility of her own personal life. And she notices there's something else going on in the Beast's life. And through this virtual world, they form a bond that is both amicable to the virtual world of trying to escape, but also that complements their own little tragic tale at home. Yes. Yes, I think that's a very nice element. And I like how it mixes the online and offline stories and you can kind of see as she finds herself as Belle and becomes so popular and then in real life she's still very she's she's got her got some issues some things she's working out but <laughs> yeah there's there's a few the issues with her friends that's really wholesome and i thought that was a really a lot of fun watching this yeah it's 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 very it's um it's ironic ironically grounded through its yeah. own imaginative perspective because you see this melding of the two worlds and you find out how they both complement each other there's an emotional roller coaster especially complemented against like you said a wonderful animation and an amazing soundtrack yes that that brings you in solid it starts off right in the beginning with the soundtrack and it clicks you in and lets you know you're in for this journey but you're not really sure what or why and what I appreciate about this anime, this anime is that it does something that great animes do is that it doesn't just say, hey, we're just another medium to tell a tale. It's showing you how great the medium is that you can tell alongside great characters and story. Yes. And it's a very heartfelt tale. And the things that it reveals in the end will uh, will make this feel even more wholesome with everything that's going on. Yeah. Now I, I, I want to take a minute and, and talk about like the, the, the beauty and the beast vibe. And the fact this is, this is another way of telling beauty and the beast, the yes. core beauty and the beast, but more specifically is the inspirations for this that come from Disney's animated beauty and the beast. Yes. There are some very key kind of elements of that, of that classic, Disney animation that you see in a stiff, slightly different format, but the core of it's still there in this. And I feel that's very clever and also very much an homage to anime and manga as a whole, because anime and manga took its initial inspirations for storytelling from Disney when Disney films were showed over in Japan as part of the re in, during the rebuilding era. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a very cool kind of connection and nod that's a little bit broader than the surface. But then again, this story also is very good because it does spin a couple of details about the two characters, but it keeps true to what is what what makes Beauty and the Beast such a great story. Yeah, it's able to take 
the formalities of that outline and make its own original uh, avenue within it. And it does a great job. This is, it's just, it's just such a riveting story and it's going to be emotional. And how I like to see this or end it with my own review is like, it's, there's a striking purpose in the painful melody of life. As you see the outcomes lead to something better. Yes. So what, what were you call? What would you call it? This is probably, this is going to probably be in my top 10, my top five of the year. It's one of the best films I've seen this year. 4.5 out of five. It's a award-worthy film. I definitely say check it out. Regardless if you're an anime fan or not, it's a great tale. It's on HBO Max until they decide to pull it. Um, check it out. If not, find another way to watch it. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm going with a four out of five on that as well. It's a very solid film. Very enjoyable. Very much sneaks up on you. Yeah, like I said, don't don't be surprised if this is in my top five at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I'm glad you grabbed your drink, Rye, because we're about to get into something where I know you're going to talk a lot. <laughs> you know how I know that? How do you I know, know that? that? Because our next thing we're going to talk about is not a film. Not a film? No. Not no. just one? No. How many? No. Ten. Your top Whoa. 10 of all time. You top 10. To rewrite over on your website, yep. rawreviews.com. Yeah, it's part of my, uh, no pun intended, 10th anniversary. Yeah, 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. It's been a long day. 10 years of rawreviews.com. So one of the things was updating my favorite films of all time list. There's another list that's going to be coming out, so hopefully I'll get it out before the end of the month. So so I'm, before we can get into the, in the, in the, in the individual films... you. I'm going to read them off and you're going to tell me one thing about the film that puts it on your top 10. Okay. All right. So we're going to start number 10, almost famous. Character and music. Character and music. Yep. Okay. The Lord of the Rings trilogy, which you're cheating. That's three films, not one. I do say it in, in the, in there that I am cheating. So, <laughs> but I put this as one because when you look at it, it's one story through and through. But it is three films, technicality. But one thing that puts it on the list, Journey. The Journey. The Journey. Okay. Perks of Being a Wallflower, number eight. Reflection of High School. Okay. All right. And now we have number seven, Snatch. You've seen this one, too. I have. Yeah. So, this is, um, if I could describe this film in one word, why it's on my list is erat er erratic storytelling. My first thought would have been Rube Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's the erratic storytelling. I love it. It's yeah. like the it's like the pristine one when it comes to erratic storytelling. Okay. The magnum opus of Guy Pierce's films. All right, number six, Get Out. Or exemplified. Okay. All right. Our next one is La La Land, number five. Uh, uh, em emotional musical. Okay. Number four, Your Name. Uh, heartfelt Escape. The Studio Ghibli is pretty good for those. Yeah. Number three, The Forty-Year-Old Virgin. Laughs. This movie, I, no, I've watched this 150 times. I laugh every single time, no matter how much I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Number two, Hell or High Water. Um, modern Western. Okay. And number one, Drive. The Gosling. Okay. 
Just one thing. But there's everything else. But you said one thing. So the Gosling. Yeah, one thing. Just one thing. The one Gosling. thing to get somebody to watch this and why. So uh, the thing, I'm looking at this and I'm trying to see, okay, right, what changed? What changed? There's a lot of films I took off this list. Oh, it really? looks like there's a lot of films that I had to drop off. So Okay. Um, I don't have the previous iteration to compare yeah, against. Yeah. But So some of the films, it was hard. But the thing is, the reason I thought it would be good to revisit this favorite list is because I've seen 10 years worth of films since I actually put that list together. And I've taken films off throughout the years, but I thought it was like at the 10 year mark, it's a, it's a mark. It's time to go look at all the films I've watched and what should it be removed. So some of the films that it removed up here, which are hard, and you probably like some of them. Um, the Big Lebowski was one that was the hardest to take off because Why it's, is that? Cause it's, it's my favorite dark comedy. And I think it's uh, the dude, you know, the dude, you know, but it's uh, it was really hard because it's one of the best dark comedies. One of my favorite Conan Brother films um, outside of um, um, a country, no country for old men. But that was my other favorite one. Which, and Fargo, which film, be, which film replaced it? Well, because it was up. Actually, it was up where Snatch was. So Snatch was up further and I moved it down. Oh. And Big Lebowski got kicked off. Another one is Room, the movie that Brie Larson won Best uh, Best uh, Actress. Okay. Uh, the one where she is t and her son are like taken hostage and stuff. Um, another one, a Christopher Nolan film was on here that I took off. A uh, Snatch, uh, not Snatch, but Inception. Inception. Was it was up there. It was at like number two. Yeah. So I took it off. Okay. Um, so because there's just a lot of films that's come out that's just surpassed it to me. Those are the three that come to mind that I can think of that I've removed. But the ones that weren't moved and moved down, Almost Famous was moved down a couple. Snatch was moved. Oh, um, um, damn. Tarantino. Uh, the line is, uh, um, uh, Django Unchained. I removed it off the list. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It was hard, too. That was hard. But, you know, so many films. All right. So let me. Uh, all right. You can pick and pry. No, no, I was just looking at the yeah. fact uh, La La Land actually has a link to the review. Yeah. The None ones the have a link to their review. Yeah. Every, uh, no, all of them have a, if, if you go to it and you see that it has a red, those are links to the reviews. So in the name of the title. So look at Snatch. If you click on Snatch, yeah, I don't it goes see, to the review. Yeah. I don't see one for 40 year old virgin. No, I've never reviewed it because I started reviewing after I watched that. Oh, so that would be the same with Almost Famous and yeah. Lord of the Rings yeah. trilogy. So you never it, did reviews for them. Yeah. So I, if the, if I do reviews, those would be retro reviews. So I would go back. Okay. And I would do those with you because it would be a scoop in the rye presents. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But oh. yeah, the ones that don't have reviews are in black. The other ones you can click on their titles. Cool. But yeah, that wraps up this, that. Yeah, so it, it was a hard list, but the next one in deck, maybe in a couple weeks or a week, is top ten directors. My top ten directors. That should be an interesting list because there's uh, quite a few of them out there. And I've been thinking. I mean, I already have some names. It's just it's going to be how am I going to order them? <laughs> so, I have some names. Alrighty. So let's see. Ah. Uh. Oh, well, I think we're about ready for some odds and ends because uh, we're getting close to the getting close. Yep. So, yep. Uh, there's some interesting odds and ends that I found out there. I kind of switched it out, but I found some even more funnier ones. So. Really? Like yeah. this uh, McDonald's is testing chicken Big Macs. Yes. They're testing a chicken Big Mac uh, in the U.S. So instead of the two patties, you get two chicken patties on there and it's actually as uh, noted in this uh fox affiliate um it actually was it is a uh, 
prominent sandwich in the UK. So they decided, hey, we're going to test launch it over here in America, and they're going to test launch it, as quoted in this article, in Miami for a limited time. Okay. So, okay. So they want to see and test so out the market. If you're in the Miami area and you check this out and you watch the show, please let us know. Yep. So they said if it tests well, it'll go nationwide. So. Okay. Fair enough. Alrighty, next up we have Snoop Dogg launches Snoop Loops breakfast cereal. Yes, sir. Really? Yes. So, you know, everybody likes to have their little cereal and stuff, but, you know, well-renowned entrepreneur and favorite rapper of some people, including me, Snoop Dogg, decides to embark in other business ventures. Well, yeah, he has a he has a line of wine. Yep. He has uh, his own branded cannabis, if you're yep. into that kind of thing. Yep. And now he's making a breakfast cereal. So you can have a drink, you can have a smoke, and then have something to eat. Yeah. So he's going to come out with Snoop Loops. So basically, Fruit Loops with the swag. You know, you can drink, uh, you can have uh, some gin and juice and some Snoop Loops. <laughs> if you get the pun in reference, you're awesome. Oh, man. That's a good reference. Alrighty. Yep. And that, that article was out of the Huffington Post, so it's like, okay. Huffington Post. Okay. All right. All right. And our last one, a journey through the human body at Corpus Leden. Yes. This isn't an article, but it is something that I found when I'm always searching odds and ends. I'm always trying to find something unique. And I thought this was a unique place to visit. And it's a museum in Leiden, Netherlands, okay. where you can actually journey through the human body, literally, because uh, when you go through this giant building, it's shaped like a human body. So you can tour the human body through this building. Wow. So you can go. Well, I thought all the, all the really weird tourist landmarks were in Japan. Yeah, so you can go from head to toe, and then along the way, you'll have educational experiences at different parts. You can sit down and watch things and get to learn about the body parts that you don't know about. And you don't have to worry about anybody anybody's trying to kick you out. Yep. Nice. Uh, Corpus Leiden in Leiden, Netherlands. Uh, I, I think I, I I don't... That sounds really cool. It sounds like uh, something you... Like if you go to New Zealand, uh, there's a studio there called Weta Workshop. Yep. Which might be, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure you would know the studio, considering you're such a big fan of Lord of the Rings. Never heard of it. I'm just joking, people. But uh, <laughs> over the pandemic, they were putting together a uh, museum experience. Oh, okay. Where you, they designed, they built and designed uh, an entire uh, museum experience to show behind the scenes and showcase what they've the, the milestones and innovations they've done in making movie special effects, animatronics, miniatures, uh, robotics, the whole gambit. Uh, if you check out uh, Adam Savage's tested channel, he's got a string of videos where he's uh, he visited them before the during the pandemic or right before the pandemic and was uh, seeing them as they were working on building this stuff out. And some of the design challenges that come with making a actual uh, attraction versus what they go through for making a effect for a film, and okay. the difference in the in that mindset and some of the methods and stuff, and the fact that it's supposed to be a very hands-on 
kind of thing where you actually get to do some of the things that are involved in this in this prop making world that what a workshop has innovated so much in so that's that's another cool place to go visit if you happen to do some traveling yes i definitely add that to my wheelhouse as i travel through the body in the, in holland oh yeah yeah <sighs> i think the only thing left is like whatever we've been working on what have we been working on I've been working in my shop, in the shop. I actually spent the weekend cleaning the shop, really going through stuff and sitting there. And now I'm working on a project and actually got the, replaced the lights. So now it's brighter in there. Got, uh, got a project that's currently on the bench and I'm filming and filming right now for a video. It's for uh, my miter saw stand. Should be cool. More mobile and whatnot. That should be fun. Yeah. Um rehung the tv i mean just really went through and cleaned the place up because the idea is I, I i've settled on i want to make the shop a model shop yeah that's a lot of my supplies that i've been hoarding is <laughs> stuff for making hoarding. miniatures, terrain modeling model stuff like that so that's going to be the maker rod i'm rolling toward yeah so but i the other thing is like part of that plan is to move the studio from in here in there yeah have a have a full-fledged studio well here's the problem there's not enough room so <laughs> i have to seriously look at okay i need to downsize some things yeah. i need to rearrange what i want to keep in there what i don't want to keep and you know start chucking stuff out so that the idea is that i can do this this in there and have that be my office and my workshop and my studio all wrapped up in one place. So I'm moving forward with that plan. Yep. I'm doing a video. I'm, I'm recording. I'm making content again. There you go. Um, with this first one, I, I bunch of video. It's probably going to be pretty rough and raw, but eh. Hey, you it's always a start, right? Yeah, you got to start somewhere with Three something. Years, we finally got this podcast thing we're figured out. Let's, let's see, figure, figure out some other stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Me. What Just... about you, Ryan? What, 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 what you been up to? Well, over the last couple of weeks, it's been doing diving and doing a lot of different things. So went to the Funny Bone to see King ba uh, King Batch. He's a famous comedian. Got to do a meet and greet with him. So if nice. you've seen my photos on the social medias, you'll see me with him. Uh, capped off the summer season of concerts with uh, Keith Urban. So I saw the pictures yeah. on social media. That looked like it was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, it was such a wonderful concert. And it was a good way to cap off the summer season with all the concerts I went to. Went to six this summer five or six so yeah a lot did the zoo thing with the family you know took my nephews to the zoo with my cousin and them so did that um and then also been uh, doing uh, some trivia nights so had an anime trivia night over the weekend uh, the uh, roll with it you know that place over in uh, violin haven you ever heard of it okay so uh they opened up this restaurant called roll with it and it's basically a place where you can go eat and game they have like over 600 board games so you can eat and play games but they also have trivia nights so trivia nights every tuesday and then themed ones every other sunday and it was anime this last sunday so nice finished third congrats so yep and they do deep cuts when it comes to trivia so you might know stuff but they know more so, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much been the, the constant outside of work. Uh, school will begin next week, so I'll be busy with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, well, we'll you know, head on out. I'm getting the text messages that dinner is ready. 
So, hey, thank you for watching. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for listening. Again, if you enjoyed this content, please leave us a review through the podcast platform that you're subscribed to. Uh, if you're on YouTube, please give us a give us a like. Give us a, if you're new, hit a subscribe. Hit that bell to be notified when we post more videos. Um, shout out again. Thank you to Sirenscape for the background music and soundboards. It's really kind of fun listening to the far listen to that fire ambiance and that musician in the background it's um, always fun if you want to support the studio best best thing to do is support it through uh giving us likes shares comments feed the algorithm because the algorithm is hungry if you'd want to do more uh head on over to scuba to patreon.com slash scuba studio help us out people and you can consider becoming a patron there for some uh the background stuff that's going on so and we appreciate any support there keeps us going keeps lights on uh with that we will see you all next week bye peace